gas. It's Nasri. Can he go all the way here? Still Nasri. Looks for a shot We're back, Transatlantic Arsenal. I'm Liam. And I'm Mike. And we're back from the hiatus. We apologize for the break. Mike's been all over creation, uh, playing golf, coast to coast. And I've been uh, dealing with school. So we had a bit of a break, but we've made up for it. We brought a guest this time, our first ever guest on Transatlantic Arsenal. His name is Colin. Say hello, Colin. How you doing? What's up? Are you ready for uh, the big time? You know, we've got millions of listeners. We're a global. I'm just excited to be part of this, you know, phenomenon that is striking our nation and the rest of the world. So taking taking the world by storm. Yeah, you should be because uh, we're going to kill it. And I uh, hope you're you're along for the ride. Glad you're along for the ride. And um, I'm glad you are too, Colin. Yep, yeah. Appreciate the invite, guys. Uh, pretty excited. So. All right, so it's been a it's been a minute since we last talked to everybody. Um, you know, it's been the international break. Last played Bournemouth. Uh, I guess we're about three two three quarters of the way through the international break now, getting kind of close to there. Um, I thought it'd be a good time to change up what everyone's talking about. It seems like the Ozil news is being talked about a lot, and maybe Bournemouth is. You know, we're we're all done talking about that, or we've talked Sheffield United coming up out of out of. Uh, we talk too much about it. So we're going to do something a little different and we're going to do some uh, quarter season uh, ratings. It's not quite quarter season, been about eight games of the 38. So you can do the math there. Not quite quarter season, but I think we've seen enough out of our team, out of the other teams in the league. Um, and we can can go with some informed or uninformed, depending on what you think of the, the outcomes, uh, some some judgments. So with that... I think we'll start. You guys good? Yep, we're good. All Ready right. to go. So I think we're going to do one player at a time, or one player for each commentator. Let's go with that. Um, and Mike, we're going to start off with you. Uh, we're going to start with Leno. What have you got? Yeah. Uh, just uh, very excited about him. Um, I don't know why. It's kind of weird. I think... I wasn't too excited about Czech, uh, even though I think a lot of people were, and uh, was never really too excited about any of our other keepers. So, um, yeah, this guy just gives me a layman feeling. Maybe that's as ignorant as this might sound. It's like a German thing. But um, I like the guy. I'd, I'd, I'd give him a, from what I was expecting, I'd give him an eight and a half. Don't really think he's made any bad errors. Um and I just think he's – I think he's got to obviously get a little more confidence and maybe a little more um, familiarity with the back four, which is also going to be a little transition because of, you know, two new fullbacks coming in. But hopefully once all that stuff's settled, um, I think he could be really good. So you've got him at an eight and a half from his performances this season? <clears throat> well, yeah, I think it's got to be kind of based on my expectations. So, yeah. If you compared him to uh, 
God, there's not actually nobody's really been very good this season, goalkeeping wise, have they? Because Allison's injured, Edison's been struggling, uh, Larice has been horrendous. He's also out for a year now. Yeah, was it a year? Oh, that yeah. was pretty sick. Actually, I saw it that. Was it was gross. Yeah, even the Spurs player got to feel bad for him. It's really horrible. Uh, and then um, uh, who else? Uh, at, De Gea. Yeah, then that Kepa guy. So I don't know that there's actually really a standout keeper in the Premier League right now. And um, uh, yeah, I like I like uh, those six. I like our guy probably more than any of those. Yeah, no, I. It's funny you bring up the, the past keepers that we've had, Czech and everything before that was kind of a disaster. Um, I, I agree. I, I had him at an eight, and the only thing difference I had is there was one game this season. I, I feel like I had some comment. I was like, I feel like he could have maybe done better there, but um, I'll take one and eight where I'm questioning how he's doing. Okay. All right, Colin, you've got uh, Maitland-Niles. He's obviously started in the fold, come out of the fold, but yeah, give us your thoughts on what we've seen so far. I mean, right out of the gate, uh, he had a pretty decent start to the season where he's not playing. I mean, he's playing out of position. He's having to show his kind of ability as a, you know, working the entire wing and uh, defending defensively. I think that, uh, I mean, he obviously struggled a little bit with the red card most recently. And, uh, but before that, he, I mean, he had a couple assists in him. He was doing his thing. So I, I mean, probably give him like a, a six, and that's probably due to the red card that that's getting lowered, in my opinion. But I'd give him a solid six point zero so far. Yeah, I I had a, a similar. I had a five and a half, which is kind of splitting hairs there. But uh, yeah, he was he was actually pretty good going forward. I think we've kind of lost a little bit of that in Chambers. But um, yeah, I think he sure. was. I thought he was struggling a little bit defensively. I know Mike and I we had just discussed that he seemed like he had some defensive lapses, and he just kind of. Well, it, started off in pre-season, though, didn't it? it started off in preseason, if you remember. Yeah. Because he had that uh, own goal, which was, you know, in itself was no big deal. It was preseason. And no one wanted to read too much into that. But then he had the um, the non-challenge in the in the game against Leon at the Emirates Cup, which everyone kind of thought was a little lax. So I think, again, I'm not trying to down, give him a hard time, but I think we were like watching him. And even if you're playing out of position, those two were sort of lapses. And then he's had some lapses, I think, the red card. I thought he was actually a bit unlucky on the red card. But I'd agree with look, that. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna caveat everything I'm gonna say about him, like he's our right back, so we've got to grade him. But everything I'm gonna say about him is I do think he's out of position. The sad thing for Maitland Niles is I don't think he can get in to our team uh, in his preferred position. Yeah. because uh, I'm not sure he's a defensive midfielder. And it's more of a kind of a all-arounder. And I think he likes to see himself more as an attacking midfielder. And he's got no shot uh, at the moment uh, getting in our team as a midfielder. So, yeah, I think this is a good score, six. Um, and I think, it, like I said, I, it's not as him as a player. I think it's more as him as what has he done in that position. Yeah. And I don't think he's done the greatest job. Yep, I echo the same things. And I, I had written here, it'll be interesting to see if he can really make any sort of impact in the midfield role. Now you've got to assume Bellerin coming back and Chambers taking up the right back spot. He might just shift in there and be a utility player for the Europa League or something like that. 
And interestingly, in the Forest game, he did play him at, at right mid, right? Like yeah, he right did. Wing back. Yeah, which is interesting because I think that um, I don't think he's really got got it in him to hold that spot down. But uh, I thought it was interesting that if if Bellerin's playing, he sees him more as a midfielder. So, yeah. All right, so I'm going to take Chambers. Um, he hasn't played a ton, but he played the first game of the season and the last two. I think it's enough to to t- get some takeaway on. I had him at an eight because I thought his first performance and the kept keeping a clean sheet against Newcastle was pretty good. Didn't think he really put a foot wrong. Thought he got dropped kind of unfairly, but I could understand it. You know, going for the two more experienced guys. Um, since then, you know, one could probably make the argument that it was a mistake. He's coming at right back. He's been pretty good at right back. Uh, I mentioned Maitland-Niles having something going forward. I think we lacked that a little bit with Chambers, but funnily enough, he's had a couple really good crosses that in the Europa League at least, or maybe it was the Carabao Cup, um, ended up leading to goals. But uh, yeah, I've been pretty pleased with him, and I've, I've got him at an eight. Uh, that might be a little generous just because we haven't seen him a whole lot, but uh Yeah. Yeah, I, I disagree that it's generous for sure. I think it's actually probably a little conservative. I think he's been outstanding. I don't think he's put a foot wrong in anything he's done. So that's just me. I would All agree right. with Mike. I would say that, I mean, just based off his performances this season alone, I'd probably rate him a little bit higher, but I can see where you're coming. I mean, you know, the goal that he scored was pretty important. So I think that that's kind of just influenced. That is true. I did mention that. That was a good point. I mean, it was pretty important timing there. Um, but. I, it was just the, too, you know? the limited, yeah, the limited contribution. I think, it, you know, we're great in what we've seen. So maybe I'm a little low, but I think I, I kind of took out a point just because it's been three games. But Louise has not played three games. Uh, Mike, what do you think of Louise? Uh, I like him. I, I think he's uh, he's brought a lot of experience, big game mentality. Uh, I don't think he's played that great. Um, I think the concept is good. I can see what Emery's trying to do. But we're going to, I'm assuming we're going to grade the manager at the end. And, yeah. Uh, this is going to lead into what I'm going to talk about with the manager. Um, look, I can't see how you can drop Callum Chambers after Newcastle. Um, so if you do and you bring Louise in, I want to see something better from Louise than I did from Chambers. And I didn't, and I haven't. Um, uh, no, he scored a goal against Bournemouth, but uh, I'll give him a a seven, and I think I'm being a little generous because uh, I think I'm adding in some stuff that he brings to the team as a sort of Chelsea Champions League winner kind of winning mentality. I do think he brings something, you know, in the dressing room uh, that we may not see, but performance wise, I'd probably honestly give him like a six and a half, but I'm going to give him a seven because I think he he does bring a little something. I don't know what it is, uh, but but yeah, actually on the field he hasn't been that great. Been a little disappointed, honestly. But or maybe it should have been expected because he's never been that consistent. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I don't know what you guys think? But I yeah. I kind of echo the same things. You got anything to add on there, Colin? You're going to get Socrates here, so you can And just kind of bridging off that a little bit, I would say that because of who he's playing next to, which is most games, Socrates uh, in the format that Emery's going with, like. I mean, and then you have Shaka right above them trying to do whatever Shaka's doing. Uh, it's just like, I don't think you're able to see uh, Louise's class as often as 
you know, you might have been a team that was stronger back in his Chelsea days. So it's kind of hard to rate uh, him as, as an individual. So I liked Mike's analysis on um, what he's doing as uh, just kind of a inspiration for the team. I think that's true. I think that's pretty solid. So, But, but I think he does bring one real solid thing. He brings a, a real nice hairstyle to our team. Yep. Oh, yeah, so it's phenomenal. I feel like, yeah, the flair of the hair is always going to give us that little bit of extra impetus on the field. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe that alone was worth signing him. I don't really know, but uh, I think it's a good discussion point. All right, Colin, I just mentioned it. You got Socrates. Yeah, uh, I guess just continuing in the same vein that I was talking about before. uh, I mean, at least to me, it seems like when Socrates and Louise are playing together, you're having two similar types of players doing something i don't know what i mean this this season has been disappointing for me in terms of their ability to play with one another because it seems like they're trying to do the same you know bull rushing forward the 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 goal that we got scored against with the header conundrum where they both missed the uh, challenge going forward because they had bombed up to try and you know get this uh first ball in the air it's just kind of to Tottenham. me encaps yeah yeah it, it encapsulates kind of Socrates' struggle this season and his struggle with trying to defend with the Louise as his partner. Just I don't know. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. So I'm I'm having Well actually that was that was the whole triumvirate because it was yes. actually Jack Jacca and Socrates that went for the same ball. And then Luis just I like Liam pointed out, I don't know what he was doing. And I didn't even notice that when when they you know, the initial part of the, of that debacle of the goal, but you're right. I mean, what was Luis doing? I just couldn't. Quite I mean, it just doesn't out. really make sense to, uh, and like he does that often, you know, Luis, uh, not to get away from Socrates as much, but Luis, I mean, if he's going to go forward as often as he is, then Socrates isn't going to be able to just, you know, rush into challenges and not hold his ground and try and, you know, keep that space at least somewhat um, dominated in some sort of way, you know? So it just, I don't know. It seems like they're both a little too hot headed at times and, I mean, Socrates, in in terms of ball progression, I mean, just is not there really. Like, he's not making uh, a ton of uh, pretty passes. At least Louise is doing that on occasion, you know, or trying to. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the two, the difference between the two, as you can somewhat t- tell with Louise what he's doing, whereas Socrates, it's like, oh, you know, maybe we're going to get a Watford error again. Um, yeah, here we go again type of thing, yeah. And just... It's so interesting question for you, both of you. Do, you. do you not think that Socrates is actually probably though a better pure defender? I mean, like actually, on one-on-ones? Just generally as a defender. I mean, he, I just like, I just actually like the guy the way he defends. And I, and, um, I was going to do this nicknames thing, but I knew Liam would get mad at me. But, you know, if I was having a nickname for Socrates, it, it would be psycho. I mean, the guy like is a, is a pure psycho. And sometimes it's detrimental because he hasn't really handled it very well overall. But I think you need a player or two like that in your team. And I, I think he's like a sort of throwback defender without all the ability that he needs. He reminds so, me of the guy with like a mentality of like Vidic, but without the skill to back it up. That's what I would like think of. But he's also aged out. You know, he's an old guy. He's trying to do all these things and he can't really back it up with his fitness level or his... You know, I like him as a player. It's not that. I'd probably give him, my rating for him would be just in terms of his 
like what he's done this season, probably like about a six, you know, but that's probably being a little harsh on him. I, I don't think it's harsh. I think he's, he's been unimpressive. I was someone that hoped for him to be an absolute lock for every team sheet we put out this season. And at oh, this I point, my captain at the beginning, it's a, it's yeah. Pathetic, that is it? I mean, I, like you both kind of mentioned the kind of in and out of the game, you don't know what you're going to get from them at times. It, it, the addition of one of Chambers and holding to either one of them, you, you got to like. And I think we'll get to that maybe at some point. But you'd really like to see a, a combination of Chambers or the combination of Chambers and holding. But moving on I a little a question bit. For my, I had a question for Mike about that real fast, though. With, with Chambers, I mean, what do you think Emery's like, rationale is for not trying to pair him with either Louise or Socrates? just after his performances defensively at the right-back position? Well, that's egg before chicken. I mean, he basically played centre-back in the first game. Didn't put a foot wrong. I thought he was really good. Um, and then his right-back performances have been subsequent to that. So when he started picking Luis and Socrates, it was more, you know, like nothing to do with Chambers. Um, and so we, I think we should expand on that when we get to maybe Xhaka and then the manager, which is this seems to be a manager that picks players based on reputations and what he kind of sees on paper and not week-to-week performances. So that's my answer to the question. I don't, I don't think Chambers did anything wrong to uh, to lose his place, and I think he at right back in a position where Maitland-Niles can't get it done because he's playing out of position. This guy's playing out of position, playing awesome and playing uh, they are really solid, which to me would cement the fact that he should have been playing at centre-back, but hasn't been given the opportunity. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm looking at someone that has taken over at, at a fullback position. We're looking at Kolasinic. I, I mentioned it in previous pods um, that since he's taken over for Nacho, he's been pretty impressive. I said he was going to cost us at least two points. Um, at Thus far, I feel like I couldn't have been any more wrong. It's just kind of strange. I'm interested to see what you guys have to say. I don't know if it's watching tyranny and training. That sounds really stupid or what it is. But it seemed like he's had like a 180 on his defensive mindset. He's really focused on defending at the moment. Do you guys agree? I, I definitely think he's defending more for sure. But again, tell me if I'm wrong. Didn't he play more wing back when he, uh, until Nacho left really? Nacho was... Sometimes playing, we were playing three at the back. Sometimes we we were, but there were also times last year where we were playing four at the back, and Nacho was injured or whatever it was. I, I think he's played at a left back position in a back four a decent amount, and also just attacked most of the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I would hundred percent agree. I think he's definitely shown more of a defensive mentality. Um, I, I've got him at an eight. I've kind of similar to Chambers. I know you guys wanted a little higher. Maybe you guys think a little higher of Kolasinac as well. I think he's just been really solid and made me eat my words. Well, so I did read this thing about um, about him in uh, one of the, I think it was AA, that, uh, you know, he, he had sliced a ball against United. He sliced the ball up in the air into our box one time. He really should have given away a penalty because I felt like that, to be honest, was fairly clear handball. Um, and so the guy that was writing about him slated him, said he was awful. And I think that was really harsh. Um, 
but I did it did sort of make me rethink my perspective on a game against United and um I think where I liked him is he defended whether he did it great or not uh we need guys that are willing to defend and I yeah, I, I agree with you in that sense that I know what your point was about him costing us points which would have been he's going to get caught up the field and uh, I don't think he's done that I think he's actually been responsible decided he's going to try and defend and he may not be the greatest defender ever, but um, but he's trying. Yeah, I think that his mentality this season has changed from last year. Like last year, we saw a lot of aggressive attacking play, which he's not not doing this season. But he's 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 definitely like what Mike is saying. I think kind of taken on the Arsenal. Like you know, he's like he's actually trying to do the things that he knows that the team needs and pro- hopefully what Emery is asking him to do uh, and just taking that to heart and attempting and being successful in defending better and just kind of being a hard-nosed tackler when he needs to be and especially in one-on-one situations this season, I think he's been... And maybe that's better. the point we're making, like, say, about Maitland-Niles. Like, maybe he's starting to realise that he ain't going to be a wing-back for us because we've got actually four or five pretty good midfielders right now. Um, and two or three really good wingers. So maybe he's realizing that if he wants to play, maybe left back's got to be his spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got to be something because it, it really does seem that the timing that, you know, Tierney's coming in, I, I feel like it's got to have some sort of impact on him. It's just a weird timing because he's ha- always had the left back competition for Nacho. But Yeah, well, maybe, you know, maybe when they sold Nacho, they said to him, look, if we're going to, we can either get rid of Nacho and you can play left back, but you're going to have to defend, or we can let you go and keep Nacho and give him a two-year contract. I'm not sure that Arsenal would ever do anything as rational as that, but uh, hey, maybe it was somewhere along those lines. Well, speaking of rational, we can talk about his play or your thoughts on him. Let's look at Xhaka. Yeah. Mike, that's you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that one. I just figured all the listeners would like a little bit more. Look, can I, I can't. I can't. Go on. Say whatever can you I want. I preface to say, this by saying I have loved listening to everything, just all the praise Mike has been able to heap on Shaka this season. You know, as our captain, I think that he, you know, just really deserves all of the positive things Mike and Liam have both had to say about him. So just knowing that, let's go into what Mike has to say now. All right, look, let's be honest. We're Arsenal fans, right? And everybody that pulls the shirt on, we want them to play well. I mean, this is a fundamental of being a fan. You you can't hate your own players. You can't, um, you know, like have your own agenda against your own players. But as fans, I think we have a, we have a right to, to comment on what we see. And so you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but I have not seen anything from Granite Jacker in eight games that have made me feel this guy's making progress. And and I'll caveat that with the last two games, he's been mediocrely um, unhurtful to the team. Um, and so that is the least I could expect from him. And I could almost live with us playing with 10 and a half players instead of 10. Uh, but no, I just don't see it. I still... I still... I'm, I'm searching for what Unai Emery is seeing in this guy. And when a guy stands in front of a press conference and says, Xhaka is a really important player for us, 
I'm trying to figure out what he's thinking. So help me, guys. I mean, what do you think? I, I give honestly, I give him a five. Uh, he showed up. Um, I think he is. He's maybe embraced the captain's role. I would have given him a four if uh, he hadn't played these last two games. Um, but no, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Colin? Uh, yes, I, I would definitely give him a lower rating than that just based off of how many mistakes Bone have headed. led to... Yeah, just mistakes have led to direct points being lost or us getting in situations where we're... I mean, conceding penalties, conceding, you know, chances on goal, conceding just high chance levels and stuff like that. I mean, it's just aside from like just aside from him being whatever player he is, the mistakes that you're making on the field warrant you to at least have to fight for your position. And he's not. He's in the team sheet every game I've seen and watched. So and if you're saying he's an important player, maybe. Maybe he's the locker room guy that we were talking about earlier. I don't see that, but personally, but I, you know, I'm not in there, so what do I know? But if he, I mean, if the players voted him to be, or right, the players voted him to be captain. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, so if the players did that, then there must be some. I mean, other than maybe showing solidarity because he's getting just completely shredded by the fans and the people in the media, but uh, you know. I just, I mean, ball progression wise, I guess he can string a couple passes together. That's that's the best I can say about him this season, though. Yeah, I mean, echoing everything you guys said is how I feel. Um, I had him at a four, a big surprise there. Uh, I actually had the boneheaded errors are are frustrating, but I think worse than that is that you know he he has his own errors, and you know Mike just mentioned that. Uh, he is the last two games. He, I can't remember the words he used, but basically said he's been mediocre and he hasn't been bad. Like as if that's some benchmark, which I, I know what you're saying, but that shouldn't be our benchmark. And like I said, worse than all of that is it just feels like the other midfielders potentially have worse games as a result of uh, covering and, and trying to make up for him. And I think that's why I'm, I'm kind of harsh on him or kind of harsh, more harsh on him than maybe you guys. Well, I think, so, excuse me, but I also think that Colin alluded to the Socrates rating and probably me with Luis too. Um, I can't understand how people don't under, don't realise how important your central midfielder in a three-man midfield is, how how influential he is to your full-backs and to your centre-backs and to the rest of the midfield. And, and when we're playing three out front and, you know, hey, I think we've got three we got five players that can play any three combination of those five players, and we got a, a very solid, potent front three. So, yeah, I would play three up front. But when you play that guy in the, as the fulcrum of your team, he's your heartbeat. Everything goes through him. Uh, defensively, everything is, you know, is dependent on him and his position. I can't understand that. People don't get that, that he's... He might play okay. He might not give away a penalty. He might give, you know, boneheaded free kicks on the halfway line instead of on our penalty box. And we're supposed to be happy about that. And I'm, I'm not seeing it. I just think yeah. it's it's settling for accommodating somebody into your team. But you accommodate a, a left back or a right winger. You don't accommodate your central midfielder in a, in a three-man midfield. You can't. You're going to struggle. Yeah. 
so speaking of accommodating, I think someone who is accommodating for him in terms of playing out of position is Lucas Torreira. Uh, Colin, what do you think on him so far this year? I mean, that's kind of just another another player that doesn't seem to know exactly what he's supposed to be doing in that mid. I don't think any of them really know what they're supposed to be doing in that uh, most of the time three-man uh, midfield. But, um, I mean, he's doing the legwork. You know, he's putting in the effort. You can't say that he's not. He's, he's definitely getting in uh, shots uh, a ton per game, and he's, you know, creating chances in that way but uh, i i don't i hadn't seen him as uh, necessarily um, as offensive a player as people are touting him and whatnot I, I mean i see him as more of a cdm but i mean if that's what he's going to be doing in that uh three man midfield then good for him I, i'd give him at least for this season probably a, a six five mostly based off of effort and just trying to do something in that midfield when he's you know, forced to cover for Shaka and, uh, you know, not really understand what he's meant to be doing. That's what I feel about our midfield. I feel like our midfield doesn't have an identity. I feel like we don't understand what we're supposed to be doing with that. And we struggle uh, a lot because, I mean, how are we supposed to defend if these guys aren't covering back, if we're not uh, talking about who's um, filling in what holes and gaps, especially with the proclivities of our center backs to be doing what they're doing, uh, bombing forward, making boneheaded mistakes. So, yeah, I mean, I'd give them about a 6-5, six, 6, something like that. All right. Mike, you anything to touch on there? Just just that I think he's nailed it on, the, on in terms of I don't think he knows what he's doing. Uh, I actually, I, I do think he knows what he's doing. I think he's given the role of being the most attacking of, like if you've got Gaduzi, Torreira, and Jaka. I think Torreira is supposed to be the guy that's going forward, and and that just makes me mad, and it Mind irritates me. Yeah, because you, then you don't play him; you play Sabias. Um, I mean, or Willock, because these guys they can score goals, they can finish, and they're they're, they're you know they're powerful. And and to me, Torreira is never going to be a goal scorer midfielder. Maybe I'm wrong. How many has he got? Two this year. I think uh, he has one. One. Yeah. One against Liverpool, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you guys. I just, are... I just don't. I don't understand. I, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But you know, we're after, we're third in the table. So again, I'm not going to cry about it. But this is an opinion piece, and my opinion is just like Colin said. He doesn't really know what he's doing, or or he he feels like in this team he can play as an attacking midfielder, and that doesn't seem to to really. Yeah, why? I mean, so speak on a little bit, like why you think. I mean, is it just because we've decided that Shaka is going to start every game that we're not trying to switch around who's playing what midfield role? Or, I mean, like, I just, um, I don't know, man. I'm just having trouble trying to figure that out in my brain. Well, have you seen his highlight reel on YouTube? Like, when we <laughs> signed him, everybody that went, that, oh, Torreira, who's, who is he? He's a, he's a hard-tackling, smart ball-winning Make a foul, get somebody to foul you when it was never a foul, and I fall over in the right spot. Player, that's that's what he was. I mean, we did. I don't think he scored a goal on his highlight reel. Am I wrong? Yeah, I think he scored a couple of free kicks because he's got a decent foot on him. But yeah, he just never gets in attacking positions, or at least he didn't for uh, any play for Sam, Sampdoria. Yeah, Sampdoria. Yeah, I, that, and that's what I'm saying. I and and we're crying out for somebody like that because yeah. we've been watching Zucker for three years, and he comes along and and. 
like like I think I said, Colin's got it nailed. Where is he playing? What's he supposed to be doing? And and if if we don't know, maybe he does. But if he does, and that's his role again, this, we're going to go back to Emery at the end. And and you know, and, and I know the next guy Liam gets to do him, but the next guy is you know we're going to understand how we've even managed to progress as far as we have because we're talking about deficiency with our two centre backs and the two midfielders we've talked about so far, and then we're going to go on to the better stuff and to why we've managed, I think, to get where we're at. So. Yeah, so you, you mentioned him, but we're actually going to go quickly a stranger order just so you could get to your guy. I had to flip it. Now we're skipping me here, but um, you know, just wrapping that up with Torreira, I, everything you say makes sense. Both of y'all, I mean, it is exactly what I've got written down. And uh, it, it doesn't see he, he doesn't have an eye for passing. I don't think he's not going to push the by ball, the ball by anybody, um, which is kind of the more frustrating part because the guy that does push the ball by someone is Joe Willick. And, uh, you know, he's, he's Mike's favorite player. So I figured we'd give him the, the say here. Uh, 11. <laughs> <laughs> Because, look, here's what I think about Willock. He has learned his spot in the team, and he's not getting he's not getting the play. There's nothing that the guy's done, really, that you can say has been bad. He's 20, 20, 20 19? Something like that, yeah, one of those two. Something like that. He's got no first-team experience in every single time he's played. And tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm just gushing about a guy I like, but... Every game he's played, he's had, he's added something, and he's he's brought a physical and uh, and uh, an attacking. What's the word? Um, like a forceful attacking presence, and been able to get back and defend. So um, I just, I just, I can only give him an eleven because I don't, I don't <laughs> think you can say that he he's really give, been given the opportunity to make a mistake. He hasn't cost us anything. He's been good. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't been perfect. Don't get me wrong, but but I think he's potentially. If, if you're not licking your chops, thinking about Joe Willett playing in midfield for us, especially in a four-man midfield, he's, he's maybe a little too young and experienced to play in a three-man midfield. But in a four-man midfield, to me, he's the first guy on the team sheet in the midfield. Well, second guy. Yeah. Well, midfield. I think a lot of him fitting into a three-man midfield depends on what we end up doing with Ginduzi. Or whether we think he's an attacking midfielder, um, but I think if Gendouzi does end up moving to a de- defensive midfield role, uh, which I could see, it seems like he is covering a little more for. Zika. I think I mentioned that in the last pod, but uh, yeah, Colin, touch a little bit on uh, Gendouzi and what you thought of him so far. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think anyone uh, amongst us is going to say anything negative about Ganduzi. I think it's all pretty much positive in terms of his um, effort more so than anything that his desire to be an Arsenal player, his desire to, you know, be emotional. He is emotional on the field and, you know, that you can tell during the games a little bit when he's on the ground, smacking the ground with his hands and like crying out to the ref and stuff like that. And, you know, it, some people might gripe about that, but I, I enjoy seeing that. I enjoy seeing him caring about winning and caring about, um, you know, getting back and covering for Shaka, who's obviously not going to be doing what he needs to be doing. And we've seen that countless times, or just, you know, taking that extra step to try and dribble up the field and progress the ball and, um, 
you know, he's got a couple of assists under his belt, hasn't scored any goals this season, but I'd give him a solid, I mean, nine, I think, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I would probably spend far too much time talking about Ganduzi if I really went in. I just think the thing that I really want to, it's something we haven't had in a lot of players, and I truly think it's infectious right now. And if we just can just get a little bit of stability in our back four, um, figure out what we're doing in the midfield, I think the mentality can change, and I think we can really drive on at some point. What would you guys's? What are you guys's thoughts on his? Like, where would he fit in best in your in your? Starting eleven, like what role is he playing in the midfield? What's he doing? That type of thing. Center, center defensive midfield. As like a pivot, or like just playing by himself, just what Shaka's doing. Yeah, what Shaka's doing. Okay, okay. Yeah. Or yeah, trying basically, to I'd put not, him in not for actually Xhaka. doing, but yeah. which which wouldn't actually enhance his game much because I think he's got a little bit going forward too. But I I think he can settle in there because then you've got the likes of Willock and Ceballos that can do their own thing up going forward. And so I don't I don't really think that you need to, to have Kanduzi doing that because I think he's responsible enough and he's good enough to play as a fulcrum in front of the back four and do, do a really good job of that. He runs enough. He can tackle well enough. He can show for the ball well enough. I think that... The defensive mid role would suit him pretty well, especially as a solo man, to allow Warwick to come in as a box to box guy and, and whoever we end up with as our attacking midfielder. In this case, Danny Ceballos, who this might shock some people. I've actually got him at a six and a half. Uh, Mike might be saying, What the hell? Uh, I got him at a six and a half because he's he's been great at, at times in a few games. He's been poor in others and then other games he's just been kind of invisible um he's walking into a league that many consider to be the toughest of all the leagues he's 23 years old so obviously that's tough there's gonna be some sort of adjustment period we've watched him for eight games i mean he's played a few more outside the premier league um but i just i guess maybe i built him up a little too high i I was maybe unfair to him in that aspect Uh, i I think a six and a half is that you know you've done good you, you just, I think there's a lot more to come from him. He's brought great energy, so that's a positive. Uh, he's devoted to the cause. I mean, he seems very devoted, especially for a guy that's on loan. Um, I think it just, again, it, it shows how much I expect of him. And I, I think he can get better. I think he will get better. And uh, I hope to see it. Anything y'all have to add to that? I do. I mean, for me... If you look at, so I, I want to go into Kinduzi, uh just to, as far as the grading goes, and say this: Didn't he give a goal away? Uh, like he got a ball on the edge of the box, lost it, and somebody scored. Uh, wasn't Tottenham, but uh, got caught in, in possession. I think Watford, it was it. I want to say it was the United game. No, no, maybe the no. game before that, where he he let someone go. He let a runner no, go. No, he took a ball off a of Leno, got caught in possession. No, you're right. Scored. I remember that too. I can't remember what game that is, but uh, yeah, he was in the box and he just, yeah, he didn't let go. Lost the ball near to the box, gave yeah. the goal up. Yeah. And so, so my point is this: look, look, Jack has given a penalty away against Tottenham. 
So are we going to sort of like look at these graded and say, oh, you made a mistake, so you're not very good or whatever? I think there's a there's a bigger picture. So when we can give Ganduzi a an eight or a nine, and we can give Xhaka a four or a five, and they've both done a similar thing in terms of losing possession. The same with Luis giving away a penalty. Um, you know, people got of listeners have got to understand that. You know, we're we're sort of looking at a bigger picture. So yeah, guy can do can make a mistake, but like you said, he's devoted to the cause. He's a young guy. He's he's more than made up for it with the positive things he's done. And um, you know, Sabios, I I think you're a little harsh on him because he hasn't got to play in enough games. I think he he's got to be a little put out that he hasn't got to play in more games. Um, and he's playing, you know, sometimes in a role that he really really shouldn't even be playing it. I mean, like left midfield in a three-man midfield with Xhaka just just isn't good for him. It's not, it's not, he's not going to flourish in that spot. But then he's he's trying to do something that is not going to benefit Arsenal and not going to benefit his game. So, you know, it's a little bit of a Maitland-Niles slash Chambers analogy. Uh, I would disagree quite a bit, actually. I think he's played a lot in the attacking midfield role. I think you may be thinking too much about just the one game against Liverpool where he played on the wing. And even when he's playing more on like a winger role, he's talented. I mean, he's got that ability. And he's also played in pretty much every single game this season. So I don't know if you're saying like just hasn't had enough games with us because there's not been enough games or... But he's played every game. So... I, I I'm, so. I'm not ripping the guy. I'm just saying. I think I ex- I expected a lot more coming in, and I ex- still expect more going forward. I think he he can be better, and I think it's just part of the growing process. Well, just just look at it like this. And and again, I'm I'm just gonna if you're playing three up front and you're playing a three mid midfield, and Jack is in it, then Zabaz is out of position. Period. End of story. Because he's either playing on the left, which he probably is. That's not his position. This position is, is you know, like as a fulcrum in a four-man midfield would be his best position. So I just, I'm just saying to you that, that different formations, different games. Uh, I just think he's been playing out of position in as many games as he's played in position. And so I, I, I do think that if you're going to get the best out of your players, you got to play them in their best positions. And he hasn't been in, he hasn't been in it. And Colin. The only thing that I could say about him is it just doesn't seem like he's trusted enough to be the guy yet. You know what I mean? He's not. Because when we bought Mesut Ozil, we all were thinking, oh, good. Oh, goodness. Look at this. This guy's been making buckets full of assists for however long he's been making them. And he's going to come into Arsenal. He's just going to slide in. He's going to be that number 10. He's going to do a bunch of stuff. And we're, we're all down for this. But then, you know, we have a player who, like Ceballos, has come in on loan. Uh, isn't necessarily a secure player for us for the future, and it just kind of seems like that's like that's the feeling I get when I watch him play. Like, yes, he's doing all these positive things. He's showing his skill, his ability to beat a player, his ability to push forward with a bit of pace, take shots out of nowhere. Like uh, he had a thirty-yard just strike. I can't remember what game it was, but it was like he had three touches on the ball and he was nailing it top corner almost. But um, he's he's doing good things it's just i don't think he is trusted enough to be you know playing at full games and playing in the exact position that he wants to play and mike's right i mean if we're gonna have shaka on the field then uh, he 
uh, Ceballos isn't going to be able to just fit into the role that he wants to do and probably where he would be most prolific for us and our team. Which is, which is to me, like an attacking midfielder. So yeah, if, if you're same. playing two wingers and a centre forward, he doesn't really even fit in, which is what I think why Ozil is so surplus to requirements. We haven't even talked about that, but the truth is, you're right, Colin, that he hasn't been trusted, but in some ways, you can also say that he's also kind of, I think he's replaced Ozil as a more I would reliable... 100% say that, yeah. N- ...number 10. So, uh, what do you think, Liam? I mean, are we wrong on that, or...? On replacing Ozil? Yeah. Yes and no. I think uh, I I think you're right. I think we've pretty much just removed that kind of Ozil position altogether. And I think the whole point is that we don't really have a ten. I mean, can, or Sabios in theory gets in there, but in a team where you have Jacka, he, he's going to have to defend a little more than the ideal ten. So yes and no. I mean, I, I think he's replaced Ozil, but I think we've kind of replaced the spot altogether. So I know we're doing the football manager thing here, and I and I hate that, but the, but the truth is he's more of an eight, right? He's a guy that can actually yeah. defend, and so that's what I'm saying to you is like I kind of think he's he's a better player in a four man midfield where he's going to be, you know, the one that's going to drop when we're defending and and go forward more when we're, when we're in possession, and that's going to be his strength. And the times he's played, he's played sometimes in a three man midfield with two wingers and a centre forward. And I don't think I don't know where you put him in there. So I think it's a little harsh to give him a lower score because I don't think that's his strength. He's well, I, I guess it depends on. It's all about you know what what you expected of him coming in. The facts are with him is what I saw. You know, it's dumb to say just from a YouTube video, but from what I saw of him when he played this summer for Spain and under twenty one Euros, and what I saw on YouTube. He just looked very confident, established on the ball. Didn't think he was ever going to lose it. And regardless of what you want to say about who he's playing with, I think all the players we've mentioned, Socrates, Luis, they're reliant, Torreira, Willick, they're all reliant on, you know, Xhaka playing well or whatever. Like, you can just watch a guy and see if what he's doing is what you've expected. And maybe you guys didn't expect the same stuff out of him as I have, but I thought he was just going to be supremely comfortable on the ball, never give it away, just phenomenal. And to me, he's been a bit underwhelming, but I guess we're just spending a lot of time talking about things that we're disagreeing on here, which is fine. I just think we have got different perspectives coming in on what we expected of him. Well, I also um, saw a little interview with uh, Dennis Bergkamp and Ian Wright. I don't know if you watched that. If you haven't, you should. It's a great interview. Right, he's, in, um, he's interviewing Bergkamp. And Bergkamp says the same thing. He said it took him seven games to score and about 12 games to really settle into the English Premier League. And I don't think that's changed. I think that foreign players coming into the English Premier League do take a settling period. It takes them a little time to understand the the speed of the game, the mentality, um, what, you know, what, what is really going on in, the, in a typical Premier League game. That means against the better teams, you're going to do one thing. Against the, the not-so-great teams, you're going to do something else. And I, and I go back to that. And we're going to get to Emery in a minute. And that's what frustrates me about Emery is, is there's a, a fundamentally obvious format, which is play three up front against the not-so-good teams, play four-man midfield against the better teams. And 
to be fair, he tried against Liverpool, but I don't see that being a repetitive formula. I think it's I don't care if you're defend, you know, you, if you're looking at your opposition, say, "Oh, we know they're going to play four four two against us." So what? You know, we we still, if you put the right players out, you can beat. Them. So that's kind of one of the things I've I've thought about the Premier League is like we should be able to use that format, and I think it takes players a while to kind of get understand it and how it and how it works. All right, so twelve games in the. We- Next time, hopefully, when we're doing this mid-year review, uh, and we pass the twelve games mark, and I'm ruining all the words I've said. I hope to to be wrong, and I hope he's absolutely killing it at that point. For a guy that is killing it, PEA Abomiang, Colin, give me your thoughts on him. I mean, can we ask any more of him other than just banging in goals when he can? You know, uh, I'd like to see him be more secure in I mean I don't know ball. I see him as a, yeah on the ball just kind of like uh, being able to when we're in that final third create a couple more high chance shots chances with everybody else uh but I mean honestly with what we've been given at the beginning of the season he's been playing well he's been scoring goals doing what he needs to do another guy who you can tell wants to be at this club wants to be uh, the man he wants to be the guy that everybody's trying to channel through the um, attack through, um, which is kind of surprising when we have Lacazette in the team, but I guess that's just an unpopular opinion. But um, yeah, I'd give him a solid probably like 7.75 seven, for the season so far. 7.75. Seven, I just want to see a little bit more out of him production-wise because last season I was very impressed with him, and this year I haven't been as impressed with him, mostly having to do with can I take that one, Liam? Next, the next player. Go for it. Yeah, I'm done. No, with, I want to that so far. I yeah, go, go Colin. ahead. So, Colin, you were a striker, right? From what I can remember. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so if you'd have been playing, if like I'd have been a coach in your team when you and Liam were playing, I would have said, "Look, Colin, you can sit on a jet deck chair over in the corner, as far as I'm concerned, and we'll have the other. If you can give me a goal a game." you're getting a nine. And that was in high school football, St. Thomas level, right? This guy is scoring a goal a game in the Premier League. You, you, as a striker, I, I would have thought you'd probably be a little more sympathetic to him. I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, his hold-up play isn't great. He has those moments where he doesn't really retain possession. But he's, as a striker, what more can you ask than a goal a game or averaging? You know, you know, do you know what I'm saying? You, you kind of got to look at it. Like, I, I just think that that's it. I definitely understand where you come from, and I think those are 100% credentials that you would need to go. I guess what bothers me is that uh, when we were playing all three of our be- you know, best front three, uh, Lacazette, uh, Pepe, and Pierre, uh, it just wasn't functioning as well as I would have liked to see it, and I would have enjoyed seeing Pierre kind of step up and be like, you know, I'm going to do with what I can on this left side of the field and, like, kind of you know what i'm saying like i just when he was forced to go into that role i wanted to see more production out of him but now i guess that's kind of a non-topic because he's just been playing uh more of a central striker role in most of the yeah, but he's been, he was lately. scoring out wide too so yeah so, yeah yeah that's true the point, the point you gotta make is is where is his best position because i know yeah. liam and i have had a discussion about when lacazette plays you know do you take your guy that's scoring every every game 
and put him out wide, and that's a that's a dilemma. You know, it is it's a good yeah. dilemma. Good dilemma, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of skeptical of the seven number that he threw out there, but uh, I think Mike kind of cleared that one up. I think when you've got a guy, you've scored thirteen goals in the league, and you've got scored seven of them. I can't give him anything less than a nine because he's just kind of put the team on his back so far. Hey, you know, unpopular opinion. I just wanted to see more production out of him with uh, when we had our, you know, like our strongest front three out there. I want to see him being able to include the pieces of that attack because he is such a good player and he is kind of at the renaissance of his career in a way when he can't, I mean, he's not, you know, a 26-year-old dude anymore. But Also, caveat that with like Pepe is, and we'll get onto him in a minute, but he's been so bad that... Yes, true. You know, you got to also sort of admire... Bamiyang and Lacazette for saying, look, you know, we'll persist. We'll help you persist with this guy because we can take up the slack while he's finding his feet because yeah. it's been pretty awful. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of think this is it's, again. It's early in the season, so we're, this is the eight game assessment, and uh, there's some things that we're talking about that you know we need to look at later. And uh, so, I I think the front three thing is like a front two and a half. Yeah. Pepe just hasn't done his part yet. So, yeah, uh, so looking at Pepe, uh, I got him at a five. Could be generous. Could, I don't think it's under. I think maybe it could be worse than that. But uh, he's had a pretty underwhelming start. I think his lack of energy, his his energy or lack thereof is why I've got him at a five. I think, I mean, I could maybe go higher if I... It's, it's probably the difference between how I feel with Ceballos and Pepe is I, I do think Ceballos is really giving it all. Not to say Pepe isn't, but you can kind of see it. It seems a, I've talked about that for far too much. I think they've, they're both young, joined a very tough league and allowed a, a learning period. But, you know, Mike, you just mentioned, he think he's been pretty poor so far. And I just got, I've got him at a five. So we had a big guy, you'd probably be a little too young to remember him. His name is Julio Baptista. And he came to us with all these credentials and he was the beast. They called him Baptiste, was the beast. And um, uh, at the beginning of the, you know, his career, he was he was pretty awful. He scored, I think he scored four goals against Liverpool in, in a League yep. Cup game. And the, the thing about him was like, like I gave, I would have given him the same score as I gave Pepe in his first few games. It was like, he was pretty awful. He looked like he couldn't even control the ball. Um, but you could see there was something in there, in him. There was a potential there, and he just never pushed on. So, yeah, I think, you know, you can give Pepe whatever you want. I'd probably give him a five, four, three. I might even give him a one. But I, I don't think you're looking at him from the perspective of what he's done. I think you just got to hope that we spent 72 million, was it? 72 yep. million? On a non-dud. So I think he's the epitome of somebody that after eight games, especially as a new player, more along the Sabios lines, it's really hard to give him a grade because you've got to give him a settling period. It isn't fair if you don't. Um, he's fairly young. He hasn't played in a very, very strong league, uh, but I do think he's mustered and I think he's going to end up being good. So uh, I don't want to give him too much of a hard time. I don't, I'll agree with whatever you give him. I just want to do the next rating on him. All right, well, we'll give you that one. We're going to give you the next rating on this episode, too. Uh, these two players, they've kind of been taking each other's spots. Uh, we're getting to the 
period where it's kind of hard to grade these guys. But I think you can grade Saka. So let me know what you thought of him. Yeah, so he's the Pepe as well, right? He's a young guy just come in, but he's English. He, he kind of got that. Well, he's British. He's played for Arsenal for many years as, as a youth player. And um, I, I'm, I'm going to give him an eight. I think he's he just doesn't he hasn't wanted for anything that we've asked of him. He's been good. He holds the ball up. He's skillful. He's done actually what I was hoping Pepe would do, and he's done it well. So um, eight, eight for sure. Maybe I'm even being a little harsh on him, um, but uh, I'm very excited about him. Very excited. I think he's he's very very good. Yeah, I mean, I echo the same words. I think. Yeah, you, you're going to take exception to this. I am in a seven. I know you're grading him as a youngster. I'm grading him as a youngster, but I'm also trying to keep it in the balance of what you would want out of your left winger. And he's been he's adapted well. He's held on the ball well. He's tracked back well. It's the only thing that's like really stopping me from going further is you know, he's young and uh, he has not nothing super tangible in terms of like concrete production that looks in the stats department. That's probably the only thing that's lacking so far because everything else has been pretty good. Colin? Yeah, I mean, I can't really... Uh, I just reiterate and say what you guys have been talking well, about. I, I really appreciate his ability to um, hold that ball. I mean, just just his confidence on the ball and his, uh, you know, kind of know... Take people on, I think, is the, the big thing for him. He's, you know, he made Ashley Young look kind of stupid, I thought, a couple of times and... That's pretty good for a, a really well established former England right back. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, looking at the other player that they're kind of fighting for the same spot, Colin, what do you think of Nelson? He's a little harder to grade, in my opinion, but maybe you've got something to add there. I'd probably rate him slightly under. Uh, I don't think he's been as strong on the ball as uh, the guy we were just talking about. And I, I mean, Still a young player. I mean, 19-year-old, uh, doing what he can. For, or is he 19 or 18? 19. I think he's 19. 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's really all I have to say about him. I guess I'd give him six and a half, six, something like that. Mike? I, um, I just don't think he's had the opportunities. And so, again, we're going to get to our crazy manager, but um, you're talking about somebody that, that – I felt like worked fairly hard in preseason, looked fairly good in preseason, looked decent in the games he's played. And then um, he brings Saka in for one game. Saka's outstanding. And then he starts picking him ahead of Nelson. And I'm like, well, so now what's going on? We're picking the guys that look good. So now, you know, do you play Xhaka? But And you play Saka, but not Xhaka. You, or you play Saka and Jacker. <laughs> I mean, this is yeah, this is the conundrum I f- I find with Emery just frustrates me no end because I truly think Saka earned his spot, and I think Nelson would be the first one to say, "Hey, you know, he's shown more than me." Like we're in the same level. In fact, Nelson was a little ahead of him, right? Yeah. Especially in preseason, and this guy's come in, taking his chance with both hands, and boom, he's in, right? So. I, th- I think Nelson understands it. I think the football world understands it. The fans understand it. And then you got Joe Willett comes in and just like plays phenomenal, and he can't get in the team because yeah. of Xhaka. So anyway, that, that's a side note. But yeah, my my answer to that question is, I think Nelson hasn't put a foot wrong. I think he's done 
as a younger player, exactly what we would want him to do. He's progressing nicely. But Saka's kind of been exciting. He's kind of overtaken him just a, a little bit. But it's eight games, you know. Next eight games, Nelson could be the one. So, yeah. Uh, that kind of wraps up everyone, I think, that's played so far. Um, you guys, you know, we've got Mortinelli, Mustafi. You could kind of talk about very briefly. I don't think there's anything to be said for Lacazette or Ozil or even Holding or Maybe you could say something about tyranny, but anyone in there that you just want 20 seconds on? Uh, Lacazette just still looks really, really good when he plays. More than anything for me, that mentality, just yep. not scared, uh, hard, um, enjoys his football, but nobody's going to mess with the guy. God, we yep. need a couple more of those. Mm-hmm. So just the games he's played, love him. Uh, scored a couple of great goals too. And it's kind of mouthwatering thinking about him lining up with Aubameyang and, and Pepe or Saka or Nelson or any or Ceballos or any of those. So, Yep. Um, Colin, you got anything to add on those, on those guys? I really would only have wanted to talk about who we just did. So, uh, I mean, Tierney, from what we've seen very little of, has looked exciting, uh, has looked like the dynamic player that we thought he was going to look like, uh, has looked solid for the most part on uh, you know, most of his defensive work as well. So, yeah, I mean. And, and I will say one quick thing about Martinelli. Those two headers. Um, yeah. I think Liam and I talked about that. It was like, is this guy a winger or a striker? Because he played out wide in preseason. And then he played like, out and out center forward and Colin you know what that is right that's the guy that just you know has to hold the ball up has to do all those things in the middle of the field that is so much harder to do in the middle of the field than out wide and man I think he's looked really really good so yeah just gonna say that just I mean I know it's against lesser teams but he is exciting too exciting player yeah speaking of exciting players Mustafi, I don't think he's given anything but a clean sheet to the club so far this season. So, I mean, that's phenomenal. Um, but actually, you know my take on Mustafi. I've never had a problem with him. I mean, he's done some boneheaded stuff, admittedly, but I've actually thought over the years. And you remember in the swimming pool in Cabo, we talked to that Coventry fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was still defending the guy. I mean, I was so, but um, I've never had a big problem with Mustafi. I'm telling you. Biggest problem with stuff he's got is Xhaka. Yeah. Well, I think that's our centre-backs have got a bit of that problem going on. But that's something that I think our manager's got to figure out. So our manager, through eight games in the Premier League at least, um, Colin, you want to start there? I think everyone's kind of tired of our thoughts, but we're going to give them anyway. So we'll start with you for some refreshing takes. Yeah, I mean, I listen, I've listened to you guys' takes. I've enjoyed listening to you guys' takes quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I'd say mostly what just kind of, I mean, okay, look, we're in the top three right now. Yes, it's the first eight games or so, so we can't really take, we're going to have to take that with a grain of salt. If we continue in this vein and we're still somehow scraping points out and uh, keeping within the top four by the end of the season, great but what bothers me about emery is the fact that like he was touted as the guy that they wanted to get in they wanted to shape the club around him they they gave him a decent uh budget this i mean pepe for 72 million i mean that's a 
good chunk of money to spend on one player. So, I mean, they, they, we've given him the ability to kind of function inside of uh, a club where it seems like they're supporting him. And yet I don't feel like he's done anything to increase our stock in, in the league. Uh, especially in terms of trying to figure out what formation we're going to play, who should be within that formation. Uh, and just how, like, what kind of team are we too? Like, are we going to be a defensive team that goes on the counterattack? Are we going to be high pressing? Or, I mean, I just don't really see what his idea is when we go out on the field and we try and play for 90 minutes or 90 minutes plus. Like, I just don't get what he's going for. And I don't really understand... I just, I just don't understand, like, most of what he... I mean... It just doesn't make sense. I, I like the fact that he's sticking to his guns, I guess. <laughs> that's that's the best I could say for him is that he's 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 sticking to uh he's not balking at um the considerable amount of pressure he's under. So you, I guess that's good. I don't know. Not really, but Yeah. I I echo the same sentiment as you. I, I've expect expressed that quite a bit in terms of I just don't think we have much of a team identity right now. I think, you know, Mikey and I talked about it. It seems like we spent a good amount of time prepping for the team that we're going to play. Almost anti Orson Wenger, where it was they're going to prep for us. We're not going to prep for them. Um, So I I get what you're saying there, Colin, in terms of kind of wondering what we're doing. Well, I mean... I would give him a a one going on seven because I just still can't get it. So, again, let's just go back. I know this is boring, but but I'm going to say pick your best players, right? He basically said, you know what, Czech and Ospina, you guys aren't good enough. I've got a better keeper, Leno. He picked him. Uh, Maitland-Niles, you know, you're struggling a bit. So I bring Chambers in yet. Chambers played well. We're going to pick Chambers. Go through the team. Uh, but, yeah, but yeah, he picks Luis and Socrates for experience. Um, and yet Chambers, I thought, deserved the spot. And then uh, Kalasinac over Nacho, I think that was a contractual thing. And then he picks, you know, doesn't pick Willock. Um, he picks Xhaka. Um, he picks Saka over Nelson. It's just, it just, it seems random. And, it, and I don't see a pattern now. We don't see what goes on in training. I get that. But if you look at the fulcrum of our team, the spine, the thing that everybody says is the most important, you've got goalkeeper, centre-backs, centre-midfield, centre-forward. And, you know, I, I think our centre-forward is awesome. It could be Lagazette or, or Bamiyang. I think our goalkeeper is awesome. It could be, you know, it's Leno. But somewhere in the middle there, it's, he's picking experienced players that aren't playing that well. And it's eight games. It's not one. It's... And it's the previous season with Socrates and Jack, and not just Luis with eight games in a new team. So I don't know. I I, I don't see a pattern either. Um, and so uh, I'm going to give him credit for getting us into third. That's about the most I can say. Yeah. Something I've been thinking about just, you know, during my abundant amount of time to think about all things Premier League and Arsenal and what's going on is like, so lately, Man City's been struggling, right? 
Man City has been struggling because of their center back issues and you've been seeing them drop points and stuff like that. So on kind of a micro level, you're seeing the same sort of issue, just like what you're saying, Mike, the the backbone issue because they just they can't work out their center back pair and Otamendi's, you know, just doing a complete stink right. this last, you know, few games. Uh so you're seeing on a micro level what a really good team is having to deal with and still is succeeding. And we're kind of doing a similar thing, but we have a lot more of a toxic nature to that backbone that we're having to try and work through. And it's just really disheartening to see like, you're right. He's been changing different parts of the team, but he's not looking at that, the essentials. He's not trying to get down to the bare bones and be like, all right, this obviously isn't working. We're obviously making the same errors in the same parts of the field. We're getting, counterattacked right through the dead center of our you know midfield and back line so it's just and we're and we're having leno like make these incredible saves however many times a game so it's and he's doing great with that by the way so uh but yeah for anybody that that thinks we're playing football manager again just look at the stats we've given up more shots than every single team in europe we've given more more shots in europa league in the premier league I mean, we're just stinking it up when it comes to defending from 25 yards out. And, you know, it's it just it's staring the man in the face and he's just going to continue to say he's a, a vital player for us, he's an important player for us. And I'm sorry, I just – I have a huge problem with that. So When we brought him in, what – I mean, so when we brought him in, what kind of coach were we trying to bring in? I, like Mike, what what were they saying that we were trying to bring in? Do you remember? I'm struggling. Yeah, to I mean, I think we've all talked about this, Liam and I, for sure. And and there is a guy that looks at the opposition and says, "Today we play four four two with two def- yeah two deep defensive midfielders and two guys kind of you know, we're playing now. Uh, we're going to send them out wide, or we're going to draw them into the middle of the field. We're going to bring them into pressure or away from pressure. We're going to defend the wings. We're going to defend deep. We're going to defend up." Whatever we might be, you know, we were gonna we're gonna press the ball high. We're gonna whatever, yeah. You know, we and we had a, supposedly have a tactician that says for this team in this game we play this way, and then a week later we might play in a fundamentally different way. I, I think not a completely different way, but fundamentally, you know, we're gonna change our our sort of focus on our opposition and say this is where they're strong, this is where we can get to them, and this is where. They're going to think we're weak, so this is where we're going to shore up. And I mean, I think anybody does that, right? I mean, That's I think so, way. but like Wenger didn't do it, but yeah, sure. but I mean, you know. So real quick, because it's the points right there to be made. Is that what we're thinking we want? As a guy that's going to structure, I know that was just what you and I were screaming out for for years under Wenger's. You know, we're playing this team with this player who's going to wreak havoc on someone out on the wing. Why don't we do this to set up? Do we want that every game? Or do we want that on certain games? Well, I think you, you want it every game because, like, if we're a top 16, then for 5, 10, for 28 games, we should be trying to dictate the play, right? And say, we're going to play this way because we're supposedly a stronger team and they're going to have to adapt to us. But then in, in 10 other games where we're playing our peers or teams that are better than us, we're going to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to look at what they do because they do that better than us. And then 
you know, they do that better than Watford and 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 Sheffield United and, and Brighton uh, because they're better players. So then now we've got to start adapting our game to what they do and do a little bit of each. So I think, you know, that you have to have a blend. But here's what, here's what I, I struggle with. Like if you're an analytical guy and you're doing tapes and you're doing studies and you're looking at, you know, what does Mane do and what does Salah do and what does Firmino do and, you know, what does Aguero do, blah, blah, blah. De Bruyne, how do you stop these guys? If you're not looking at your own team too and saying, how are we giving up like 8 billion shots more than everybody else? If you're not seeing that statistic or that analytics as well, then what's the point of being analytical? Yeah. I think it's all well and good to say that he is going to analyze the game you know, play for the teams that we're playing against and change up the formation and tell the players, you know, this is what you're going to be doing in this game and this is your role and stuff like that, if that's actually what he's doing. But evidence shows from, like, most of the games that I've watched, at least, is, you know, we might be playing different formations or we might be, you know, slightly tweaking something that one player or two players are doing in terms of, like, attacking roles and whatnot. But that's not changing, like the 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 personnel that's not changing who we're throwing in there to kind of offset whatever strengths or weaknesses the the other teams that we're playing against have you know that's what kind of disturbs me is like i guess it's what we're all just saying is like it doesn't make any sense that we're all seeing this and calling out for it so either we're all idiots and we don't see what emery and his you know complete intelligence and whatever is looking at and analyzing or He's just stubborn and doesn't want to change the plot. I don't know. I, I just think it looks like he's gone for experience over performance at this point in time, especially in the in the spine of the team. And uh, I don't know. I just I just don't see right now that that's really uh, a, a, a fair analysis based on some of his other other decisions. But his decisions have been around the periphery. So he's you know he's played Tobias. He's got rid of Ozil, he's played Willock in places, he's played Ganduzi and you know, got and, and not played um you know Urzil and uh got rid of Nacho and played Kalasanach and you know those things are periphery but when you look at the spine of the team he's gone for experience. So you know I, I'm not sure that that I can say that that's the wrong thing to do but I want to see you know eight more games in or ten more games in. I think eleven more games will be halfway through the season. We have this this discussion again. If it's still going on, I'm going to be pulling more little hair I got left because it's going to be frustrating. So obviously, there's been some frustrations. I've obviously kind of been pretty tough on Emery to this point. With that being said, we're in third place, one off second place. That's pretty crazy to say, and uh, we've got some winnable games coming up, starting with Sheffield. United on Monday night at Sheffield United. Um, what do you guys think about that game? Can give me your uh, score lines. I'm terrified about that game, honestly. Um, I want to see we're going to be playing at the back. I think that they're going to at set pieces be extremely difficult to deal with. It's going to be all elbows, and um, you know it'll be at night. Tall guys, it'll be cold. 
It's at home, though, right? No, it's at their place. Oh, God. Even worse. Yeah, so I don't know. It's one of those, you know, I, I, I was looking actually, believe it or not, at some of our fixtures coming up. And the sad thing is like, I can see, you know, we got got 20, 28 games left. No, 30 games left. I could see like 29 banana skins. So I don't know. I, I just, I'm just going to go game by game. I'm not very excited about us going up there on a cold Monday night in Sheffield uh, and winning. But, uh, hey, if Unai can pull it off and we can play well, um, I could see us getting a result. Um, I'm going to say 2-0 to two us. 2-0. All right. Any scores? Bamiyang. Both? The least one. <laughs> <laughs> Bold. Lacazette's back, right? Yeah, I think he, he's back yeah, he training. I promise you he won't start. Him. I don't think so either. No, so uh, Aubameyang and and uh, header from Socrates or David Luiz. Okay, Colin? I mean, Sheffield United has been surprisingly good this season. I don't know. That's my take on them. And I equally am not excited to be playing them, especially not at home. And I, for the first time this season, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, I'd say, I don't know. I'm pretty pessimistic about this game. I think we're going to end up tying like 1-1. So Obama Yang's going to score one, and then, yeah, they'll score one too. I don't know most of their players, so I'm not even going to try. So. <laughs> All right, well. I'm going to take the host, plead the fifth here. Use that one on, on you guys. Well, we've got a win. We've got a draw. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the the guest. Let us know if you if you enjoyed Colin. I certainly did. I think you did a good job, Colin. And, uh, yeah, good job, Colin. Well, thanks yeah, thanks, guys. Colin. Appreciate it. Maybe this will be the uh, pregame. We'll talk to you guys after. Maybe next Monday we'll get one right after the game. And uh, hope you guys enjoy it. See y'all. All right. Bye. Bye.